Hello and welcome back to the Alternative Podcast. This is episode 26. Today we have a very special guest with us today. We've got Bob, uh, Bart Zebral. Zebral, is that how you pronounce it? Bart Zebral, not Bob Zebral, but close enough. <laughs> um, obviously, the big discussion today is around the moon landing and whether or not the moon landing was a hoax. So, Bart, do you want to give us a bit of just a quick introduction into how you came so fascinated with the moon landing and how you came to the conclusion that the moon landing is a hoax well um it wasn't my intention to be the spokesperson for this particular government fraud it just worked out that way my father was in the air force and so i grew up around air force bases and aviation and rocketry and during the alleged first moon landing, I was four years old, asleep in bed. It was past my bedtime. And my father uh, was an officer in the Air Force, and he got a commemorative package, uh, 9 by 12 color prints of Apollo 11. And he gave them to me as a cherished present, and I had them up on my bedroom wall from the age of 4 to 14, assuming they were real. And then when I was 14 years old, I saw a gentleman by the name of William Casing, who worked during the Apollo program on site for six years. And his job was to edit the grammar of Von Braun, who wasn't uh, an English speaker primarily, and to polish up his communications from him to the Pentagon, and then potentially polish up the Pentagon grammar as well. The generals weren't as uh, formally educated in English as warfare. So during the course of this job, which had very high security clearances, he read a memo from Von Braun to the Pentagon warning them that the odds of going to the moon uh, successfully with 1969 equipment, which had never been used before, was like, 0.001% chance, meaning there was a 99.99% chance that they were going to kill the crew if they attempted to go to the moon. In fact, no aviation endeavor has ever worked on the first occasion. There's never been a new aircraft that rolled out that got off the ground the first time. The 747 was developed with 10 years better technology than Apollo after millions of aircraft had been built for 70 years. And it still took 168 attempts to get that fuselage off the ground. Even the Wright brothers, motorized kite, did not get off the ground the first time. So the idea that this lunar lander that had never been used before would work on the first occasion, that would be unprecedented. And so it's interesting that the only time an untried piece of flying equipment ever worked on the first occasion was the most complicated one of all time. Double contradictory, you see? And so that kind of planted a seed in my mind. Oh, I never thought about this. So I went back to those pictures, which I had seen 3,650 times every day of the year for 10 years with uh, open eyes and with a you know more critical perspective. And sure enough, 
you could see where the real soil ended and the fake backdrops began because in the original prints that I got, and if you can find a book on eBay from the late 60s, early 70s of the Apollo program, uh, the pictures look different. NASA has since color corrected them because they're fake and they're trying to cover up their mistakes. But the soil in the original pictures was a caramel brown, as it really is. That's the way it appears in the Chinese probes, which I believe are genuine. And then the backdrops were this grayish blue. So it became pretty distinctive where the real soil ended and the fake backdrops began. Since then, NASA has put a filter over them and re-photographed them so that the soil is grayish blue to match the grayish blue background. So that kind of planted a seed in my mind. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Never thought of that. Another 10 years forward, I'm 24. I'm now a professional filmmaker. So my job as a filmmaker is to make fake scenes look real. So all the more I start looking at these pictures and I can not only tell they were lit with electrical lighting, which wouldn't be necessary in sunlight on the moon, which is 20 times brighter sun with no atmosphere, right? I can tell you what kind of light they're using. They're using an umbrella light, which I have in my closet to bounce the light off of an umbrella first and then, you know, put them on the subject so it's not as harsh, fill light. And it's clearly that's what they're using if you're a filmmaker. And then, of course, they have shadows that should be parallel in sunlight from objects five feet apart. I mean, just go outside on a bright, sunny day, look at two trees, two telephone poles, or you and a friend standing five feet apart, and your shadows will always run parallel, never intersect. It's impossible for them to intersect. And we have pictures. I can do a screen share and show you from Apollo 17, allegedly the last mission to the moon, where an astronaut shadow is going at 12 o'clock and a rock five feet away is going at nine o'clock. I mean, that's 90 degree intersection of shadows from objects five feet apart. This cannot be duplicated in sunlight, which means it's not sunlight, which means it's electrical light, which means they're on Earth. You can prove scientifically and legally in a court of law that the moon landings are fake from one NASA photograph of the shadows intersecting at 90 degrees. All you got to do is take a jury outside in sunlight and say, look, they're parallel and they always will be and they all, you know, always are. So, and then you go turn off, you bring a light into the courtroom, turn off all the lights except one electrical light. And if you stand on one side of it, the shadow's at 12 o'clock, stand on the other side of it, it's at nine o'clock. You just prove very simple that the moon pictures are fake which means they didn't go to the moon so when i'm 24 as a filmmaker i actually am editing a film one day for the man who produced the show i saw 10 years earlier as a 14 year old with the guy on it who said we didn't go to the moon and i'm like well, what is his name i'd like to talk to him he says i don't remember call the san francisco office i did they said they were days away from deleting all 10-year-old archives to make room for other videotapes because broadcast videotapes were pretty big back in the day. So I call him up. He says, you're a filmmaker. Why don't you make a movie about how the moon landings were fraudulent? And I said, well, let me think about it. So I do even more research and find out numerous inconsistencies, not only with the pictures, with just behavior. For example, the chief administrator of NASA, James Webb, resigned days before the first Apollo mission without explanation. You would think he'd want to be a part of this great accomplishment, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Then, 
two of the three astronauts on the first mission rarely give interviews unless the president personally asks them to, right? So two of the three people in the greatest event in human history don't want to talk about it. And then if you look at their faces during their one and only press conference, you, you, they look like they're at the funeral of their mother, not the winning locker room of the Super Bowl. Then you have the fact that the Soviets were the first to put a satellite in space, the first to put an animal in space, the first to put a man in space, the first to do a spacewalk, the first to do two spacecrafts at the same time. For every 10 hours we spent in space, they spent 50 hours. And they never once tried to go to the moon. Isn't that weird? And then but, you can prove it. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I've got a question about uh, the Soviets. Um why haven't the Soviets called the Americans out on the moon landing being a hoax? Well, because they're blackmailing them. I mean, it, it's not a coincidence that during the Nixon administration's Apollo program, that Nixon one week said Russia's our greatest enemy, them in China, and the very next week he agrees to sell them billions of dollars worth of grain below cost. And then look at China. China, he said, was the biggest enemy. And then during the Apollo program, he goes over there and kisses their butt and off and opens trade relations with them. They're blackmailing him. I personally know someone who works in command center at the Chinese space agency, which just put probes on the moon. He told me face to face, everyone in China space agency knows the missions are fake. However, they have an agreement with NASA not to say so in exchange for technology. They're being blackmailed. You know, I could have a picture of a world leader with the prostitute and upload it to the Internet and bring him down. And then then it's not worth anything, is it? Or if I'm smart, like the Chinese and Russians are, I could blackmail them year after year, 10 million then 20 million then 50 million. You see what I'm saying? And that's what they're doing. So first of all, you can prove it with one photograph, which I can screen share and show you the side-by-side -side comparison. Secondly, you can prove it with logic. Okay, today, with 50 years better technology, the farthest that NASA can send an astronaut into space is to the space station, which is 250 miles above the Earth. So just pick some place 250 miles away from London, make it vertical, and that's as far as they can go. That's why there's mannequins orbiting the moon on Artemis and not people because the radiation would kill them, right? So what they're really saying is that when all of NASA combined had one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, they sent astronauts a thousand times farther than they can today with 50 years better technology. You you can't have greater technology, a thousand times greater technology in the past and in the future. That's a historic and scientific impossibility. So you just proved it through logic right there that the moon missions were fake. That you can't have greater technology in the past. Therefore, it was a forgery. I mean, it's that simple. When Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic in 1927, imagine 50 years later, no one can do it. Oh, well, no, you know, five years later, people were doing it. Ten years later, thousands of people were doing it and aircraft hundreds of times more complicated. 
10 years after they blew up the first atomic bomb in 1945, atomic bombs were 1,000 times more powerful. So if they could go to the moon on the first attempt with 1960s, one millionth of computing power cell phone technology, we would have been on Mars 10 years later. We'd be in another solar system by now, and there'd be bases all over the moon. The idea that they have to return to the moon a seventh time to rehearse going to Mars, that's what they keep saying. George Bush Jr. said out of his own mouth, we have to return to the moon as a logical first step to going to Mars and beyond. Well, I thought they already did it six times. Imagine we've been to the North Pole six times, but never the South Pole, and we're going to go to the North Pole the seventh time before we go to the South Pole the first time. NASA's saying the same thing. There's the administrator of NASA says we have to go to the moon to practice going to Mars. We did that 50 years ago. Why are we going from a bicycle back to a tricycle? Unless we never actually rode the tricycle, you see? So you can prove it there. Now, I made a movie. First of all, let me continue the story. I originally turned down this project. After, after seeing all this weird stuff, I'm like, it looks like maybe they did fake it. And if they did, you know, overturning these rocks could be hazardous to my health. So I'm not going to risk my life for something Richard Nixon did. No, thank you. About five years go by, and I was challenged by another client to do them a favor if they got a script of mine to a famous Hollywood producer. And I said, what favor? They said, read the Bible. They were Christian musicians. So I got a one-year Bible divided into 365 calendar reads. And over the next five years, I read the Bible five times. Now, I wasn't a Christian by any means, but it did develop in me a conviction of right and wrong and that it makes sense that there's a judgment for how you live your life and it makes sense you can just see it rape and murder are wrong child molestation are wrong politicians saying they're going to do something and not doing it is wrong and so there is a struggle between good and evil and this is the greatest accomplishment of mankind it has spiritual symbolism especially when Richard Nixon, who knew they were not on the moon, said putting a man on the moon is the greatest event since God created the universe. Pretty gutsy, huh? And so what you have here is two possibilities. Either they went to the moon or they did. Now, I know for a fact they didn't, which means, in my opinion, not going to the moon, claiming you did, putting it in encyclopedias on coins and in stamps when it's not true holding ticker tape parades for them, embezzling $200 billion, murdering people to keep it a secret, giving them medals of honor for being such good liars. If that's true, which it is, that's actually more historically significant than if they had actually gone. Do you see that? The faking of the moon landing is more profound of an event to mankind than if they'd actually gone. And then I realized if this is true, which I found out it was, then this is a historical truth that mankind is being robbed from. We're, we cannot advance, right? You really can't go to Mars until you go to the moon first. That's a fact. That's why they're going to the moon again for the first time. And we really can't advance as a species unless we admit that our greatest accomplishment was a lie. 
George Orwell said, whoever controls the past, moon landings are real, when they certainly weren't, controls the future, which means the criminals and their entities and their offspring who are running the government, unless they admit that the moon missions were fake, they will remain corrupt for all time. It's extremely important historically for the truth about the moon landing fraud to come out. It's not a theory. It's a fact that they faked it. Shadows can't intersect in sunlight. You can't have a thousand times greater space traveling technology 50 years ago than today. And then after I decided to make the movie, I changed my mind. I called up Bill Case and I said, I changed my mind. Days later, serendipitously, I meet a millionaire who builds rockets for NASA, who knows the moon missions are fake. He gives me a million dollars to produce these movies, proving it, because he thinks it is morally wrong that they did it. And they're either going to have to keep lying or kill people who naively think they can go to the moon on the first attempt with 1960s technology. Five decades later, Elon Musk tried to land a rocket vertically like they claim they did six times on the moon. He had six computers surrounding that rocket. Each computer was 100 million times more powerful than the lunar lander computer, and he had six of them. The first time he tried to land that rocket vertically with all that extra computing power, it blew up. The second time he tried to land vertically, it blew up. The third time he tried to land vertically, it blew up. The fourth time, it blew up. The fifth time he was able to do it. So how could they do it with 100th millionth, the computing power 50 years ago on the first attempt? So we start producing this seven-year film called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which you can see for free at Sabrell.com. You just go to my last name, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, Sabrell.com. And I have 16 links for my new book, which just came out which is the backstory about my investigation into this, which also reveals a deathbed confession of an eyewitness who was there when they filmed the faking of the moon landing. So the book is interactive. I read it in audio or it's a Kindle in print. And I say like, read a chapter, now stop, go to video link one, read a chapter, video link two and so forth. Well, go to sabrell.com. Click on Moonman video links, top left corner. Click on link two. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. And you will see footage we uncovered, classified footage of outtakes from a special effects shot of the first mission to the moon. At the beginning of the reel, it says, do not show to the public. I asked for unedited footage, but I didn't get any except this and one other reel. For an hour. They are using a one-foot model of the Earth, pretending it's the Earth floating in space as if the camera's at the window looking back at them halfway to the moon. It's dated two days into the flight. There's a third track of audio of the CIA telling them how to fake a four-second radio delay because they never left Earth orbit. If I said hello, they would say hello back immediately because they're only 250 miles away but they're supposed to be 130,000 miles away. So they estimated two seconds out, two seconds back. We have the audio of the CIA telling them only to speak after four seconds go by. It's clear as crystal on the tape. And so we have third proof. First shadows intersecting, which proves it. 
You can't have greater technology in the past, which proves it. And now we uncovered classified footage of fake photography. I showed it to the news director at NBC News where I worked. He collapsed in his chair, put his hand over his mouth and said, oh my gosh, this absolutely proves they never left Earth orbit. They never went to the moon. I said, yeah, what do we do? He said, I cannot broadcast this. It'll cause a civil war. I will not go down to history as the man who caused the next civil war, which he was indirectly saying is if we show the public how corrupt their federal government is, they will be so mad, it'll bring an end to the corrupt federal government. Isn't that a good thing? I don't think he realized that. Ten years go by. I show the same footage, which you can see for free at sabrell.com, that convinces four out of five people who previously thought the moon missions are real that it's fake. And I, I, another news director at NBC discovered it 10 years later. They said, this proves we didn't go to the moon. We're going to broadcast this nationwide breaking news. They flew me to New York City. They put me up in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. They gave me thousands of dollars for the exclusive rights to broadcast this footage in my interview. They got a call from the federal government. Don't do it. And they backed down. I hate to say it, gentlemen, but the BBC did the same thing. They saw the footage. They said this proves it didn't go to the moon. We're going to do a surprise broadcast. Grab people's attention. Prove the moon landings were fake. Three days beforehand, they pulled the plug threatening phone call from the United States. Then it gets better. After my film comes out, as I'm editing my book, kind of the backstory. Now, there are things in the book that are not in the movie, including the murder of Apollo astronauts. And this isn't my opinion. This is the opinion of the dead astronauts' relatives, okay, who I interviewed for hours. The man who would have been, who was scheduled to be the first man on the moon was murdered by the CIA because he wouldn't cooperate. Not my opinion. It's the opinion of the dead man's widow. And it's the opinion of the dead man's son, who's a 747 pilot, who I interviewed for seven hours. They asked me not to put it in the film, but I could put it in my book. Their husband, Betty, told me, on January 26, 1967, came home from work at NASA and said, "Hun, for some strange reason, for the first time ever, the CIA is all over the launch pad. I wonder why. The next day, the guy's dead. Because days earlier, he held a press conference without permission, where he took a bunch of reporters up to the very top of the rocket, where he affixed a lemon the size of a grapefruit and called the piece of equipment to go to the moon by the first man to fly there, a piece of junk. Days later, he dies the day after the CIA shows up to NASA. You see? So it'd be one thing if they faked the moon landing and didn't kill anybody. Then you'd kind of respect their cleverness. Hey, they tunneled under from the dry cleaner into the bank and got the gold. Good for them. Not if they kill three people who are fathers, husbands, at the same time, you see. And when our first document of the country is the Declaration of Independence, which says when any government becomes destructive of the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, well, we have 
proof right there, they took away the life of their own people to cover up their crimes. And then they're taking away liberty. You have to ask permission to open your business, permission to go to school, permission to go to church, permission to go to the beach, or you'll be arrested. That's slavery, not liberty. And then the pursuit of happiness. What if it's your happiness to go to the beach or your happiness to open your business? They are not our masters. A long time, 200 years ago, they were called public servants. Now they're masters. It's not the right of one person who's just an equal human being to me to tell me when I can or cannot open my business. If they want to advise me against the risk, that's okay. I'll take your advice or not. They're no better than me. So if one person can tell another person that they can't open their business, then that's slavery, right? I don't care if four out of five people are dropping dead. It's still the decision of the owner of the business whether or not to open their business and take that risk. It's still the individual's decision whether they want to go shopping or stay at home under those circumstances. They're not our parents. They're not our babysitter. They're not our jail keepers. What is quarantining? That's jail. They're putting people under house arrest. There was a president in France who got caught, you know, taking bribes and he was under quote house arrest. You mean I'm being treated like someone who's a criminal for, for what? Be, be, because there might be a danger going outside. I did a statistical study. Even if the, the boogie germ is true, you are you have a greater chance of dying in a car crash on the way to work than you do from catching a fatal virus at work. So I guess we need to make all cars illegal. We need to just ban cars. No one can ever drive ever again for their own protection, right? So the government is beyond corrupt. So as I'm editing this book, I'm put in touch with a gentleman by the name of Cyrus Eugene Akers. Well, Cyrus Eugene Akers was the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968. And as he's dying, you know what he told his son? He said, you know, I'm about to meet God. God forgive me. I'm a murderer. I murdered somebody. He said he murdered a co-worker. Because he and the co-worker, I witnessed a government secret. And his friend said he was going to tell the world because he thought what they were doing was morally wrong. He said the reason why he killed this person was to cover up the moon landing fraud, which was filmed at Cannon Air Force Base June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. He stood beside President Johnson the first day of filming, who just couldn't help but want to take a look at it. And sure enough, according to Johnson's schedule, he was on holiday one hour flight away. And Cannon Air Force Base, before this was being investigated, boasted on their website, President Johnson visited us in 1968. They since took it down since we started digging into this. And President Johnson gave the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base, which, by the way, is the headquarters of the United States Air Force's Intelligence and Special Ops Division. It's not Area 51. Every branch of the military, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, and the Air Force, they all have their special ops headquarters. It's at Cannon Air Force Base, the very place where the moon landings were filmed June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. 
Do you know how many government employees were involved in it, or do you have an estimate of how many were involved? Yeah, we know exactly. We know their names. I published them in my book. Uh, President Johnston gave Cyrus Eugene Akers a list of 15 people who were allowed in to observe this, and only these people. Mind you, Cyrus Eugene Akers was the chief of security at the most secure Air Force base and potentially the most secure base in the in the country and the military, because that's where they chose to film it. And so President Johnson said these 15 people are allowed in to eyewitnesses and nobody else. He kept the list. He gave it to his son who gave it to me and I published it in the book. And so we know who was there and some of these people are still alive. And a couple of good guy uh, friends of mine, actually, when I was editing the book before it was published, asked me to call two people on that list of 15 people. And I was, you know, reluctant to do that, as you might imagine. You know, it'd be different after my book was published, but to do it before, I was taking a great chance. They said, you know, we got your back. And and one of the chapters in my book is called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to CNN. Because when I found, and I've never talked about this publicly, okay? But when I found classified footage of fake photography, you know, my phones were disconnected. My cars were tampered with. I was followed from church in the middle of the night. I made my way to CNN to give to a reporter there. I was literally surrounded by government agents in the back alley of CNN who confiscated the tape. It was a copy, gave me truth serum to the point of vomiting, asked me a series of questions. A lawyer happened to have an office in the back alley of CNN. If he didn't, I might not be here today to tell you the story, you know? And so I escaped their custody. I made my way back to Nashville where I lived. I peed in a cup. I said, I got him. I got true serum in me. <laughs> no, no, nobody but the CIA would have this. So I, pee, I peed in a cup. I gave it to a friend to put in a lab in his name, not mine. And a few days later when we met, I said, well, what are the results? He says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I'm, yeah, what problem? He says, well, funny thing, they had a break-in over the weekend. And I'm like, so? He said, well, funny thing, the only thing stolen was your urine sample. So this is the type of thing that is in the book that I've never talked about publicly. And so is this deathbed confession. So I call up two of these people on the list, right? This is less than two years ago. One of them is Eugene Krantz, former flight director of Apollo. He said something odd. He answers the phone without even saying hello. I'm looking at the counter on the phone and he doesn't say anything. I'm thinking, well, maybe the call didn't go through. I call back again. He says, is this tech support for the satellite comm video call I'm having with Cernan? Apparently, these guys have scrambled, you know, military-grade video conferencing equipment in their house uh, during their retirement to talk to each other about their secrets, right? Well, a little side note, it had to be Eugene Cernan, because he's, you know, Eugene Krantz, flight director, and if he's having a call with Cernan, it has to be Eugene Cernan, Apollo 17 astronaut, who allegedly died two years earlier. <laughs> so I guess that guy's still alive. After all, he didn't want to deal with the 50th anniversary fallout, right? 
So, and then I call another guy on the list I never heard of, but I was asked to call him. So I did. I say, hey, I've got you on this list at Cannon Air Force Base. Uh, and he, you know, hangs up immediately. Then a couple of days later, the son of Cyrus Eugene Akers, his house was broken into and everything about his father's confiscated. And then a couple of days later, less than two years ago, government agents show up and tell him face to face, if he ever talks to me again, they'll kill him and his family. You see, this is very serious. This is not a theory they didn't go to the moon. It's an absolute fact. I've been drugged. I've been followed. I've been kidnapped. And murders have taken place. We know for a fact that the crew of Apollo 1, that's three people murdered. We know that Cyrus Eugene Akers killed a person. That's four people murdered. We know that there were four other backup crews, uh, members of backup crews that died in accidents within 24 months of each other. Then we have uh, James Irwin, Apollo uh, 15 astronaut who called up Bill Casey of his own initiative. And he had something to get off his chest about the moon landing, about his book, saying it was fraudulent. He said, I'm concerned for my safety. Call me at this number on this day, three days from now. The astronaut coincidentally had a fatal heart attack on that day. So there's another one, right? That's so far nine Apollo astronauts. After the Boston massacre, which killed five people, our founding fathers and mothers says, that's it, enough. We're gonna risk our lives, our property, everything, because this is morally wrong. Robert McNamara, defense secretary, during the Vietnam War admitted on his deathbed that the Pearl Harbor incident that got everyone fired up to join the Vietnam War, the alleged attack of a North Vietnamese on an American ship, it never happened. They made it up. That led to the death of 58,220 Americans. So I think if they're willing to kill all these people, they're willing to fake an image on a television. The, uh, unlike though 9-11 and JFK, because whoever did those things, those people are still dead. This is a positive lie. This is taking candy away from the public and giving them a turd instead. And this is what the news director saw. He said, this will enrage people right it's kind of odd we have this you know detailed information deathbed confession where the moon landing was filmed cannon air force base when it was filmed june 1st 2nd 3rd of 1968 a list of 15 people who were there one of which wrote in his own autobiography that he was there at the time for a classified reason we have the code name slam dunk president johnson personally came up with it he said, we can guarantee a successful mission if we fake it. Therefore, it's a slam dunk, you see. And yet the top two podcasters in America have not interviewed me about this breaking information, because if it comes out, if it's finally confirmed that the moon missions were indeed falsified, I think the public is going to be mad. I think they're going to find out that the government is murdering their own people because the very next thing they're going to have to investigate is the Apollo 1 crew's homicide by the CIA, which their relatives have been saying for decades was the government murdering their own people. They're taking away life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which means they need to be altered or abolished, right? So what do you think the government's motives were 
in hoax in the moon landing? Well, there are several. I mean, I always thought it was pride. My film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, which you can see for free at sabral.com, opens up with the scripture. Where there is pride, then comes disgrace. And so Kennedy, not a scientist, a visionary, misspoke. I mean, they went from never being in space to walking on the moon in eight and a half years. And now, you know, they're saying it, it takes twice that long to put a man on the moon with 50 years better technology, you see? So they didn't want to eat humble pie. They didn't want to admit that they set a goal that they couldn't do. Now this shows something. It shows that our leaders are immature. They didn't have the guts or the maturity to admit that they set a goal that they couldn't meet. And then they have no morality because they lied, they embezzled money, and they murdered their own people to keep it a secret. I mean, during the Kennedy administration, his generals actually proposed an, an idea of killing Americans and blaming it on Cuba so that we had a reason for invading Cuba. They actually suggested that. In my mind, that's attempted murder. They should; Those people should have gone to jail. For suggesting such a thing what do you think 9-11 was the exact same thing they were said how can these people who think this way murdering their own people would just acceptable collateral damage to get our way on military spending to get our way on legislation that's unpatriotic this is the way these people think and these people are empowered does anybody care the problem is, and this is the last chapter of my book, which is at Simparel.com, it's called What to Do About This Mess. One of the problems in the federal government is that a corrupt president appoints corrupt heads of the EPA, of the FDA, of the Justice Department, of the FBI. All these government agencies that are supposed to be investigating the executive branch are now controlled by the executive branch. I mean, that shouldn't happen. A president should not be allowed to appoint the heads of various departments because you have rank and file FBI who are honest people and they find out a senator is corrupt and they're told don't investigate it or you're fired. Well, uh, they're just doing what their boss told them to do. And so the idea that a former uh, CEO of a company that sells medicine can become chief of the FDA or the chief of the FDA can later leave and become CEO of a company that sells medicine, that should be illegal. I don't know why that's even legal. Do you realize that in your country, there are 17 ingredients that if you put them in food, people will go to jail, but they're perfectly legal in the United States of America. People are swallowing plastic in their pizza cheese because technically it's biodegradable over i don't know a year 30 years and therefore it's technically organic therefore we allow plastic to be swallowed by people i mean do you think congress and the senate voted to fake the moon landing of course not so voting for your representatives is meaningless you had 90 percent of americans wanted to know whether their ketchup contained gmo 90%. A democracy is supposed to be 51% get their way. But 90% did not get their way. The president vetoed it, said we're going to go with the corporations. They don't want that. What I have to show that. I mean, in your country, 
GMOs are illegal. You can't even sell them. I mean, come on. Does anybody not realize? I mean, if it matters, it's in the Bible. Don't crossbreed species. It's actually in there. Leviticus 19.19. Don't do it. And you know what happens when you do it anyway? You know what happens when you take a horse and you take a, a, a donkey to get a mule? The mule is sterile. What a surprise since GMOs were introduced into the food supply. Fertility rates have dropped 65%, right? It's amazing how God, if you believe in God, put that into the DNA. Disobey, and I will stop it. it. It will not be able to replicate. It's sterile. It's deformed. Do you see that? Little side note, maybe this is why aliens are always abducting people and taking their sperm and eggs. Maybe they're not really aliens. Maybe they're fallen angels. A hybrid that they have to keep going back to the source to make again, because if you made a human and an angel, they're sterile. How about that? That's why they're posing as aliens and abducting everything, right? And abducting people's sperm and eggs. So you have all this craziness going on in the world. I remember when Susan, what's her name from YouTube, testifies before Congress. And she says the perfect example of why we need censorship is so that crazy things like the government faked the moon landing, you won't be able to be said. You mean, basically, we need to take down the truth. So if they're taking down the truth, then what's left? Lies. Isn't I mean, what upside down world do we live in? But it's true. You know, one more little Bible stab, if you don't mind. When Jesus was being tempted, famous part of the Bible, the devil took him to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, they're all yours because they belong to Lucifer and he can give them to anyone he wants if Jesus would bow down to them. It says right there that the kingdoms of the world don't belong to God. If they did, there wouldn't be rape, murder, war, and child molestation, would there? Jesus can be Lord of your life and he will be Lord in the future, but Lucifer is Lord now. And who do you think he's going to give the leadership of the kingdoms to, the, the countries? to murderers, liars, and thieves. That It should be a law. I don't know why it's not. If a politician says they're going to do something and then doesn't do it, or says they're not going to do something and then does it, number one, that's their last day in office for all time, and number two, they go to jail. I mean, that's a pledge. That's a pledge. We voted for you for that reason. That's a verbal contract. We can pull it up on videotape a hundred times of certain presidents saying that once they're elected, they will not make certain medicines for illnesses you don't even have mandatory. We will not do that. And six weeks later, they do that. That should be illegal right there. You can't trick somebody into voting for you. And then once you got their vote, not do what you promised. That's that's a, that's wrong, right? That's That's a verbal contract, legally binding. You're breaking it. You're not only not kicked out of office, you're not even going to jail for it. The crazy thing is, everybody knows politicians lie. Everybody. It's like a known thing, an accepted thing that politicians lie. But the masses just seem to accept it and not talk about it or raise a point or make it try and fire back against it. They just sort of sit there and accept it. Yeah, the, that's because the press is controlled. The press is supposed to criticize the government nonstop, and now they do the exact opposite. One of the chapters in my book, which you can get at sabrell.com and audio I read, Kindle or print, 
is a document, CIA document, discovered by Woodward and Bernstein during their investigation of Watergate. They discovered that back then, when you could only own one TV station and one radio station at a time, now you can own a million if you want, at one point of view and a million TV stations. They said they had 400 journalists on the CIA payroll working for every major newspaper, every major TV station, every major radio station, every wire service. One of the clips, which you can see for free at sabrell.com, top left button, Moon Man video links, is a series of news clips. And you look in the lower right-hand corner, one is NBC, one is CBS, one is ABC, one is Fox, saying the exact same words for the story. It's central intelligence. The CIA controls the media. There is no free press, which is a Constitution violation right there. I mean, the Constitution is to protect the people from the government. And it says they can't murder their own people, they can't take away their freedom, and they can't take away their pursuit of being happy. They're doing all those things all the time, out in the open. The CIA goes on national TV and boasts that they took down a democratically elected leader of another country. That's illegal. Only the army is allowed to do that, and only during a time of war. Their charter is to you know, do uh, information gathering, period. And, and no one cares. Do you realize William Benny worked for the NSA for 30 years? He goes on national TV and says, oh, by the way, we spy on the private cell phone conversation of every Supreme Court justice so that we can get sexual and financial impropriety on them to blackmail them to vote the way we tell them to. It's an open fact. It's not disputed. It's on national news that the Supreme Court is being blackmailed and there's not one single investigation. But if you leak out that Sanders is getting more votes than Clinton, but she's getting more delegates anyway, then the FBI goes after the source of that information rather than the corruption it's pointing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. There's corruption going on, but people aren't looking at the corruption. They're looking at the people talking about the corruption. People's eyes are looking the wrong way. One of the things they need to do, this is in my last chapter, what to do about this mess, is uh, not have corporations owning news. That that should be you know not allowed. They they should be required. If you have a FCC license for TV or radio, every one of them should be allowed required to provide one hour of independent news using their equipment. Which means, and then you have a lottery. You choose reporters at random, and you always represent both sides. It used to be a law that if you showed one side of the story, you had to show the other. They re, they re, re, reneged on that law. You don't have to do that anymore, right? That needs to be reinstituted. And then you always show both sides. You, you can't have corporations controlling the news, and they're controlled by the CIA. They're all in bed with each other. All these corporations are getting laws written to make their crimes you know, legal. I mean, you won't find it odd that GMOs are illegal in the United Kingdom, but they're legal in America. That distinction isn't worth noting, isn't worth talking about. What do they know that we don't know? You, you know what I mean? How can 17 food ingredients that if you put in food in Singapore, you have a minimum sentence of 15 years in prison? But in America, they're FDA approved. <laughs> I mean... 
it it boggles the mind how corrupt it is and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better if the truth about the moon landing fraud comes out then it might get better it might be the figure out of the dike that forces change with with your because obviously you've been covering the story for a number of years as you've as you've gone over and you've obviously seen i don't know the changes within the media and now it, we're obviously fairly young and new to this due to due to age but we're seeing from our point of view there is a rise in independent media albeit they are smaller channels of smaller followings but there are numerous independent medias which are coming up through channels such as youtube rumble are you seeing this story is getting more traction now than it has done ever well it's you know odd to me that the top two podcasts refuse to talk about the moon landing fraud and they refuse to talk about this new information of an eyewitness i mean if i witnessed somebody kill somebody that would put him in jail we have an eyewitness saying he eyewitnessed the moon landing fraud. He even said he murdered somebody to cover it up. Here's when it was filmed, where it was filmed. You'd think that would be at least worthy of, of discussion at least one time in the top two, quote, conspiracy podcasts in America. I haven't been invited on their show in months since my book came out. Not a single time. Now, why is that? It's called controlled opposition. It seems odd to me that... You know, you can have what appears to be, you know, independent media, but is it really? And because every true independent person they take down. I mean, the inventor of the medicine that everyone's, you know, been told to get for an illness they don't have, the inventor of it. You would think that he would be the number one guest on every news program in the world. ABC, NBC, CBS, Evening News would have him sitting right there in the studio talking about this medicine that everyone's taking that he invented. If he is interviewed and gives his honest opinion about it, they take it down. I mean, it boggles the mind. There is no independent media. And I don't, I don't see, uh, you know, YouTube channels here and there, rumble channels here and there making a difference to be quite honest. We're talking about, you know, okay, we got five mice, fighting an elephant now instead of one. Oh, okay. Let's get a hundred mice fighting the elephant. Let's get a thousand mice fighting the elephant. I think it's going to take how many millions of mice, you know, to beat an elephant, to all bite them at the same time. And that still might not work. The skin might be too thick. So they're, they're, they've got, they've got plans. I mean, they're already censoring more and more and justifying it in the name of public safety and so forth and so on. I uploaded a video privately, not even publicly, of my doctor saying that, you know, one of the potential, you know, remedies, and he's a medical authority. He has a degree in medicine. They took it down. They said, no, only only, only people with, you know, medically authorized narratives, you know, are allowed, but he's a doctor. I mean, it used to be, the, in fact, there used to be a public service announcement back when they made those mandatory, which they don't anymore, that said when one doctor gives you a, a suggestion you need to amputate your foot, get a second opinion. Very important. Now, now they it's like, no, 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 no second opinions. Do they not realize that if you take away statistically cancer and heart disease, that the number one cause of death in America is medical malpractice. It's an admitted fact. Medical malpractice 
is the number one killer of people in America after heart disease and cancer. And then if you have 70% of Americans taking prescription medicine, right? That means 70% of Americans are sick. So if there's a country in the world that has 70% of the population sick all the time, I would say that they have the worst health care in the world. And yet the politicians say we have the best health care in the world. How about that? They say we're the land of the free when we're the land of the slaves. Have to ask permission from your slave master to leave your house, to open your business. Do you realize they arrested people because they had five when the limit was four for a child's birthday party in California? They shut off the electricity of the house. How can that be legal? How can that be freedom? The government in our country are having parties in 10 Downing Street whilst we could only be in a bubble of four people. Yeah, I mean, who are they? Why are they better than us? Even if they didn't do that, let's just say they obeyed the rules too. Let's not even talk about that. Let's say they obeyed the rules. You know, you can't have four, them, four more people in a house. Who are you to tell me that? It's my house. If you think that's good, if you don't want to have more than four people, then don't. But who are you to tell me halfway across town, halfway across the world, you know, to to what to do. I mean, if electricity can flow down a copper wire left to right, it can flow down right to left. So why not have bottom up government, right? Why does the neighborhood association have the right to tell a person they cannot put a garden in their front yard because it doesn't look good? It's, it's not their property. They don't live on my property. It's my property. And if the resident association wants to have a gun-free zone in a city where guns are allowed, how can the mayor force them to change the rules? He doesn't live in their neighborhood. It should be the neighborhood association should have greater rights over the mayor. And then the governor, should, who lives hundreds of kilometers away, shouldn't be able to tell the mayor what they can do or not do in their own town, right? And then the president shouldn't be able to tell the governor what they can do in their state. That doesn't make you see it's exactly backwards. The reason why it's top down is because that's the way it's always been from tyrants and kings. How is it any different now? It's not any different at all. And they're making it more authoritarian every minute. What about bottom up? What about instead of giving the banks $3 trillion for losing our money, it's like rewarding a criminal. I mean, come on, you killed somebody. Well, you get two guns as your prize. <laughs> You know, and so why not give every person $20,000 and what would happen? They would go out and they would buy cars and they would buy washers and dryer, which would trickle up to the trillionaires, you see? So we need to reverse this. We need to have the property owner supremacy, then the resident association, then the mayor, then the governor. The mayor is supreme over the city, not the governor, you see? And if you start thinking about it, do we even really need a federal government? Why not have the independent states of America? Right? I mean, do we, why, why, who is this entity far away that won't, uh, that won't put a label on ketchup that says GMO and 90% of their people want it? They still will not make it a law. Why do we need them? Why do we need such people like that? who won't do what 90% of the people are asking them to do. What would even happen if we got rid of the, just we absolved them. We just, we don't have them. Would the world fall apart? 
what about if a if a federal park is in your state is just now a state park you know what if a military base that happens to be in texas is now part of the texas national guard you know what what would happen would the world collapse would the ceiling fall <laughs> you know i don't think anything would happen it, it, it doesn't make any sense that 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 we have a federal i don't know any good that they're doing at all why not have all, all the states vote whether to go to war or not based on a cabinet of the leaders of their various army reserves? Why don't they decide as a group whether we're going to send our people from our state into this war? I don't understand why they're mad at Putin for defending his border when we fly halfway around the world to kick people out of Iraq. I don't understand that. Somehow the UN says okay on that one, but down on a guy defending his own border. You know, what is that all about? Because the US is blackmailing everybody, bribing everybody. You know, it's pretty pathetic. What can you do? Save yourself from the corrupt generation is what the book of Acts says, chapter two. Because they will inherit the world and lose their soul. That's what that's the price they're gonna pay. Everybody else, all of their victims will be living forever and they will have gained the world and lost their soul. I don't hate these people. I feel sorry for them, right? We don't know how abused Bill Gates was as a kid with his parents being racist as they were teaching him the racism. The guy's body language, you know, he talks like this. The guy is mentally ill. Only mentally ill people have that kind of body language. We need to feel sorry for the guy. You know what I mean? So what can you do? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. I like how you've just described about the bottom up that we need to be working from bottom up. But yeah, like you said, what can we do? Is it at a stage right now where it's too far gone to be able to flick the switch on that? Yeah, well, I think it is too far gone. Uh, you had, uh, I don't know, 12 generals wanted to kill Hitler and they couldn't do it. The, the Nazi bureaucracy was too big. Now, there was an eclipse in America in 2017. It fell over the largest pagan statue in America. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Then there's another one next year, seven years later. That's a biblical number. That's falling over Dallas, Texas, where the security team designed, charged with, protecting the life of the president, murdered him because he was going to clean house of their corruption. I think the Kennedy assassination was the point of no return. If a dead astronaut's widow says that her husband, who would have been murdered or would have been the first man to walk on the moon, was murdered by the CIA, I believe her. Okay. And if Robert Kennedy Jr., who has more access to the JFK files than Oliver Stone, says his uncle was killed by the CIA, I believe him. I think that was the point of no return. I think once the government kills their own president because he was going to get rid of their corruption, it, it's beyond it's beyond help. I mean, Johnson Democrat was there supervising the faking of the moon landing and Republican Nixon gave it the thumbs up. It's not about red and blue. They're both corrupt. Ask Bernie Sanders or Ron Paul if they can an independent person can ascend to the top. It can't. And then there's a seven-year period between these two, paganism in America and killing your own president who wanted to get rid of corruption. 
I think that's a warning. I think God has given us seven years of probationary period. And if there isn't a change in direction by that time, which I think is April 8th, 2024, then, you know, I, I would advise fleeing that sinking ship while lifeboats are still available. Because Bill Gates said with a smirk, referring to illnesses circling around the world, the next one's going to get people's attention. And then he smirks. It's already in the works. It's already in the works. There was a gentleman, and the Bible says in the last days, believers in God will have more and more visions of the future than have ever happened before. He said, God told them in 2014, there'd be two illnesses, you know, worldwide. The first one would amount to nothing. He said this in 2014. But the second one, the Bill Gates one, the next one will be very serious. I did a report. It's on my YouTube channel, September 9th, 2016, where I said the government is planning on doing quarantines. They're either going to release something or they're going to uh, fictionalize something. I said it back then. I could see them moving their pieces into place. They're about to do, uh, you know, worldwide illness, either release something that causes it or just, you know, fake one. You have to understand every TV station in the world, every radio station, every newspaper said men were on the moon when they were actually in Clovis, New Mexico a year earlier on videotape. Just because every newspaper says there's this illness and these, this, there's this many infections are just a bunch of numbers on a screen. They're not being verified, you see. When you talk about there being another pandemic coming soon, it's looking more and more like everything's pointing towards it being centered around climate and climate change. How likely do you think it's going to be centered around that? Uh, I don't think that card's going to play. Um, most people who study these things know about Eisenhower's famous uh, last speech, last day in office, which would have been January 19th, 1961. The guy was a general, okay? I would trust a general being president more than anybody else because they know the cost of war. They don't go to war lightly. They're there. They've been there seeing people killed. They know what it's about. And quite importantly, he was a general who didn't or someone in, in power who didn't have an ego in comparison to the people who were in power today yeah but it's interesting he gave a warning of corrupt forces in the federal government taking over the last day in office and not any of the eight years he was in office do you understand what that means it means he was afraid of them he knew that if he challenged them they would kill him and he wouldn't be a husband, wouldn't be a father, wouldn't be a grandfather. Kind of sad. He didn't tell us during the eight years of his presidency that dark evil forces are about to take over the government. I, they must have already taken it over. Otherwise, he would have done something about it. He thought he couldn't stop it. He told us his last day as he's going out the door, by the way, and now they won't shoot me for saying it because I'm no longer president. President Kennedy tried to do something about the corruption. And my sources tell me that Eisenhower was a big advisor to Kennedy, even though they were in different political parties. 
And Kennedy tried to do something about it and look what happened to him, you see? So Janet Napolitano was Homeland Security Director and she had something interesting to say her last day in office. She said, a natural disaster is coming that has never happened before in the history of the United States. My uh, successor is going to have to have a big bottle of Tylenol to deal with it. And then she left. There's some clues here. What's coming is a natural disaster. What's coming is a natural disaster that has never happened in the history of America. Now we've had volcanoes, we've had earthquakes, we've had floods and uh, hurricanes and fires, but we've never had a comet or an asteroid or a rogue planet going by, pulling the earth out of orbit, right? And there's a third hidden clue here. It's a natural disaster that somehow you could know about years in advance. You can't know about a volcano or an earthquake years in advance, but a comet or an asteroid or a rogue planet, you could because of the geometry. You can know hundreds of years in advance when an asteroid is going to hit the Earth. I think it's something like that. I think these little illnesses, the first one is to train people to submit for a national emergency. I think what they're doing, according to the former vice president of the company who sells the medicine that everyone's taken for the illness they don't even have, that it's designed like a time delay fuse to take out the weaker people of society first. After all, phase one of the medicine and Hitler's useless eaters, the lists are identical. What a coincidence. The elderly, the obese, the diabetic, takes those you see i think they're preparing for a solar system calamity and they are lowering the number of people on the earth in advance of that event to in their minds better prepare for it in their minds they we're going to die anyway so they'll humanely take out the elderly now and the sick now and they're of course asking for all this insurance dollars that uh we have to pay save a lot of money right and they're going to get ready for this event because what's coming, I, I know of one meteor strike in particular uh, that would not be a planet killer, but it would be a country killer. And as best as we can tell, it's going to hit off the coast of the United States uh, off of San Diego, which means the U.S. is done for as a country. And then it would change the climate on the Earth for you know quite a while 10 years 50 years no one really knows for sure which through agricultural failure and poor people being dependent on it could eventually kill at as early as 12 months half the people on the earth so it's my opinion they're getting ready for that event by this first little scenario we've been through for the last three years and maybe the next scenario which it looks like is going to be genuine that doesn't and if he and if Bill Gates knows about it in advance, then either he's got, you know, a time machine into the future, which is a possibility, at least visually, or they're going to make it happen, which is the more likely thing. And they want to travel, these rich people, they want to have hotels and whatever. So in their mind, they're going to lower the number of the people who are going to die anyway, 
in preparation for this big catastrophe, which uh, would soften the blow because all those people would, would be dead before the event, you see. And maybe they could even stop the event, but they're choosing not to. Rather than going down in history as the next genocidal Hitler, what about let Mother Nature lower the number of people on the earth for us, right? So maybe they're just going to let that happen. The Bible foretells in the book of Revelation that the kings and leaders of the earth will go into caves and holes in the ground to escape what is coming upon the earth, says that word for word. And what are they doing? They're building bunkers underground. They're opening up Cheyenne Mountain underground, you see? It also says men's hearts will melt with fear for the things that are coming upon the earth from the heavens. One of the signs is the tossing and turning of the seas. Well, if it's a rogue planet that's coming by, a planet that's bigger than the earth, that means it's 30 times bigger than the moon, which is going to cause the tossing and the turning of the seas. Most people don't know, but prior to 705 BC, the earth had a 360-day year. That's why the Hebrew calendar is 360 days, right? That's why there's 360 degrees on a compass. And then something happened. After 705 BC, suddenly the year changed to 365 and a quarter. All the calendars changed except the Hebrew for religious principle, right? So what does that mean? How could the Earth's year suddenly overnight increase by five, uh, five and a quarter days? Well, the only explanation is that it was pulled slightly further away from the sun. Well, what could cause the Earth to be pulled further away from the sun? Something bigger than the Earth, right? That has to be a rogue planet. And most rogue planets, they're just, they're now saying every star system has an average of two rogue planets in its vicinity. So they're randomly going by. They were thrown out of a solar system, maybe, you know, very far away. Then they're caught by another star system. And then they develop this comet-like orbit, which can be calculated for the next pass, you see. So something like that. I know of one asteroid strike in particular on April 13th, 2029, that looks like is going to happen off the coast of San Diego. It's also possible that a rogue planet is in the cards and other ones we don't even know about. Comets are after, but it's my opinion, this is what they're really preparing for. This is why they're lowering the population now to get rid of, ready for that event so that it'll, quote, soften the blow. It's like a fireman building a fire to kind of burn off some stuff now. And so they figure it'll be less of a shock on society if they can kind of get rid of these people in advance of that event who they perceive are going to die anyway. So another little NASA, NASA story. It was someone at NASA who told me about this, about Planet X. He told me the moon missions were fake in 1989. And he said, that's old news. You need to do a, a film about Planet X. And I'm like, oh, what is that? I don't know. But if you go to sabrell.com, I studied it. And there's an article, just scroll down halfway, is Planet X, the end time tribulation that the Bible talks about. You know, it would cause earthquakes. It would cause meteor storms. It would cause all the things that the Bible talks about. 
So, I mean, by the time uh, the moon landing truth comes out or they keep postponing actually returning to the moon, something like that, uh, a real a real illness or a comet or something is going to happen and no one's going to care who shot JFK or care whether the moon missions are fake, right? So... Um, just one quick, I know we've run over a bit, but just a quick question just before we go. You mentioned and, and you've had a lot of um, sort of examples, you've brought up a lot of examples um, within the Bible, but you had a moment early on in your life where you read the Bible and due to other things that were going on in your life, you had a sort of a, an awakening and the Bible helped that drastically. What do you think... Um, it's happening at the moment with the lack of religion, definitely in the West. There's a, there's a massive sort of decrease in religion in the West. Why is that? That's being pushed on us, right? Well, uh, Dewey of the Dewey Decimal System said at the Jackal Island meeting, which he was a participant, we need to use public education to basically control the masses, get them to, to believe what we want them to believe, which is oftentimes a lie. I mean, you're taught in school that the moon landings are real. I was hired by the U University of Pittsburgh uh, fraternity to, they were going to pay me a couple of thousand dollars to go to their university in a private club and to show my film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, and discuss the moon landing fraud. The university forbid it. And free speech, free, free assembly, America. I mean, that's pretty weird. You believe what they're, you're told to believe, and we don't allow outside beliefs. I asked my doctor, what do you know about natural medicine? She looked at me like I asked her to speak Martian. She said, word for word, all I know is this, to give this pill for this illness like it was taught in university. Now, 70% or 75% of people who enter college believing in God the next year, they don't believe in God anymore. You know, evolution is basically saying that things made themselves, right? You look at the anatomy of a human body and the engine of a car, they're very similar. Heart, fuel pump, radiator, kidneys, you know, uh, engine, stomach, maybe. Uh, and so uh, parts factory doesn't explode and fall in together and make a car, right? And what evolution is really saying is that a lower form of life without a brain made a higher form of life with a brain. So how could something without a brain make a brain? So it's exactly the opposite of logical. There's a great book called Privileged Planet that points out that scientifically, there shouldn't even be life on Earth. Life being on Earth is like winning the Powerball 20 times in a row. And what a surprise, what they're trying to get us to believe is the exact opposite of the truth. That life is everywhere in the universe. Life is extremely rare. I wrote another article at sabrell.com called, Are There Really Aliens from Outer Space? These articles about aliens and Planet X, I spent hundreds of hours researching and writing. They did a TED Talk. A radio scientist said, look, we've been pointing radio telescopes in all directions for 50 years, not one signal because nobody's there. That's what it means. I went to HBO and a hotel once. Three of the 10 movies are about aliens from outer space. Three of 10. 
I mean, if three of 10 were about how great the president is, or three of 10 were about how terrible the president is, you would clearly see it's propagandizing. Well, they really want us to believe in aliens from outer space, which means it's not true. Because Edgar Mitchell spent his whole life saying the moon landings are real and aliens are real. Well, aliens are just as real as the moon landing. Scientifically, that can actually be proven. And so there, there is no life elsewhere. There's only life here. Now, just because you can't comprehend something doesn't mean it's not true. This is the problem with arrogant people. They think because they can't comprehend an eternal being, it must not be true. Well, I could open the hood of my car to my dog and say, you know, this is the alternator. This is the starter. I could spend their life describing a spark plug and it will never enter their brain. The difference between dog and man is likely the difference between man and God. We can't comprehend things. That doesn't mean they're not true. Things don't make themselves. A lower form of life cannot prove a higher form of life. Well, a few years ago, 15, 20 years ago, they took blood samples from every nationality, Eskimos, Africans, Swedes, and they, with DNA technology, were able to trace back mankind's family tree. You know what they proved? They proved this 20 years ago, after 10 years of study. All human beings alive now or who have ever been born, whoever will live, all came from one woman, just like the Bible says. How about that? With no one before her, no evolution before her, she just suddenly appeared and every human being came from this one woman, just like the Bible says. So now evolutionists have a problem. There's no evolution before her. She just suddenly appeared, boom, in the middle of Africa, boom, right there. Everyone came from her, just like the Bible. Like, okay, now what do we do? In my opinion, the people, why why they want to believe in evolution and not believe in God is so that there's no rules, right? If there's no morality, then that's a grand party every all the time, right? You can you know, rape children and do whatever you want to do if there's no rules. And that's what a lot of the world leaders are known for doing, right? How ironic, right? And so they want us to not believe in God so that uh, we, we won't have rules, we'll sin. I also have a new podcast. It's called Bart Sabrell's Box Escape. Go to sabrell.com. You can watch the very first episode is the guy's name is Noah Yavi something. He's like the chief advisor for the World Economic Forum, which mm. has six, six wrote, sticks right in the He wrote logo. that book, Sapiens, right? Yeah. So look at the World Economic Forum logo. They have a, a half circle going through three three O's in words in form 666. They never said there wasn't a God. They just, he literally said out of his mouth, don't obey Jesus, don't obey the Bible, which has to do with, you know, morality. Never said there wasn't a God, never said there wasn't Lucifer, lucifer's and their logo right the guy said it's my first podcast and if you sign up you can get it he said worse things than hitler ever said a hundred times in a row we have two to three billion useless people on the earth how are we going to get rid of them he literally said that these are the people running the world they keep saying over and over again we need to get rid of 94 percent of you do you think they're just twiddling their thumbs and hoping that happens or do you think they have a plan right I mean, if technology is increasing, which it is, then longevity should be going up and fertility should be going up. But longevity is going down. 
fertility is going down when technology is going up. That all can only mean it's intentional. They are intentionally, you see, medical malpractice, the number one cause of death after heart disease and cancer, you see? So we have these people trying to get people to join their team to basically not accept a God because with a God, there's a right and a wrong and they, they don't want that. So yeah, just because we can't comprehend uh, eternity or an eternal being doesn't mean it's not true. Just because I can't comprehend a jet engine, but I get inside and I fly around all the time, right? And that's that's the arrogance of people. And even the arrogance of some Christians. I, I talked to someone who believes in the Bible, believes in Jesus, but said, Jesus returning a second time is just a metaphor. Well, it's the most repeated topic in the New Testament, the second coming of Jesus. I don't think it's a metaphor 122 times. The reason why he said it must be a metaphor is because Jesus said, every eye will see him. That's, you know, on both sides of the earth. I don't see how that's possible. Therefore, it must not be true. I mean, it's so arrogant. <laughs> you know, because the person can't comprehend something, they think it's not true. I like Monopoly. Monopoly comes with rules. What does free parking mean? Most people think you get taxes or you get $500. Well, actually, you don't. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's neutral. But the point, the point is, <laughs> the point is that people are wrong about what the Bible says, and there's rules. God is not going to put us here and not have a rule book, and that rule book is the Bible. The Bible is not flattery. The man after God's own heart committed adultery and murdered the guy to cover it up. It's not flattering. If they were going to make it up, they wouldn't have put that stuff in there. And the problem is people associate the Bible with hypocritical religion. They see some preacher you know, saying, don't be immoral, getting caught in immorality. And then they're like, I don't have anything to do with religion. And they assume the Bible and the religion are the same thing. They're not two completely different things. <laughs> it's a book and it's inspired by God. Mozart said, when Salieri found his manuscripts that had no corrections in them, he said, I wrote down what I heard from God. And they're the most perfect symphonies that have not one dot of correction in them. If Mozart can write down a symphony inspired by God, I think Jesus is apostles and Moses can do the same thing, right? And that's what you just, you could call that faith. But when you read it yourself, it's just simple. It, you don't even need faith to believe the Bible. It really makes sense if you read it. Don't hurt each other. Don't kill each other. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. You know what I mean? We're going to forgive you and we'll forgive you again and again and again if necessary, but please stop. Okay. You know, it's pretty simple. And that, yeah, you know, we weren't even, we weren't even supposed to know about good and evil, but we, we did when, when we were asked not to know about that. You know, it's amazing if, if, if murder had never happened, would we have even thought of that possibility? You, you know what I mean? It would not even enter our mind. I mean, uh, uh, for all we know, I know this may sound a little outrageous, but imagine, the, you know, the fall didn't happen. You and I sit here with no clothes on and we walk to the store. Everybody has no clothes on everywhere. And it's been the way for thousands of years. Would we Would we notice? Would we go, ooh, look at her boobs? No, you know, whatever, you know, so what? <laughs> 
Everybody's got them. It's like a finger, right? You see, we we have we have no idea that that can of worms opening up, you, you know. And the Bible says that these evil people they invent ways of doing evil, right? They 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 want to get rid of the sons of Adam. Do you realize that what the first commandment in the Bible is? See how we're going this way. The first words out of God's mouth: "Do this or don't do this." You know what that is? It it's before the fall of man. He said, "Be fruitful and multiply." What were Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven? Last words, very important. Be fruitful and multiply. You see, go make disciples. Teach them to make disciples, right? Teach them to not sin. My, follow my example. And what do the evil people who run the world want to do? The exact opposite. You see, Elon Musk, he's not an idiot. He said overpopulation is a myth. It's an excuse, right? For, for wanting to get rid of people. He says the whole world could fit inside us in Texas, and he's right. Almost everybody lives in cities. Leave the city, there's land everywhere, you see? So they're they're, they're creating this overpopulation myth as an excuse for, for lowering the population. They want to get rid. They want to be the anti-God and, and lower the population instead of multiply. It's interesting. Bill Gates, with all of his billions of dollars, never goes to Africa and puts puts concrete floors in people's houses. He never goes to Africa and puts plumbing in people's houses so they don't get disease. You know what he does? He gives shots to people that prevent them from having kids. If he really cares about people, then why doesn't he build them concrete floors and give them plumbing, right? But he doesn't. I mean, it's an absolute scientific fact. He goes over there, says, I'm such a good guy. I'm going to give away free tetanus shots. The doctors there who are pro certain inoculations say, this is kind of odd. He's giving them to all women and no men and only women between the age of 15 and 45. That's a little odd. And then, th then three shots instead of one every 10 years. I wonder what that's all about. So they get some of the samples. Absolute fact. In the samples was a sterilization drug. Bill Gates is going over there, sterilizing women without their consent, not building plumbing, not building concrete floors to prevent disease. He's going over there and trying to lower the population because he thinks black people are inferior. You know, unbelievable. Well, of course, his parents taught him that. So what could you do? So, and this is, you know, we're at war. Uh, this is very serious. This is, we're at war and people's eternal souls are in the balance. Jesus said to the church, not, not to the pagans. The Bible says he was sent to Israel, right? To them, he said, to those who had the Torah, he said, to those who had temple worship, he said, to those who had the Sabbath, he said, wide is the gate, broad is the road that goes to destruction. And most of you go that way. Narrow is the way to life, and only a few find it. One of the many false teachings is once you're saved, you're always saved. It says in Hebrews 10, 26, if we deliberately go on sinning, no grace is left. It says in Matthew 24, 13, only those who hold to the very end will be saved. It says in Revelation 2, unless you repent, I will take away your life, your salvation. Jesus says about 
the tower falling on the alleged wicked people. Why didn't it fall? They must have been extra wicked. He says, no. And unless you two repent, you will perish, right? So you have to get saved and stay saved, you see? And that is a narrow road. The reason why Jesus gives in Matthew 24, 13, as to why most believers fall away is because of the increase of wickedness, right? 20 years ago, it made the news when a 12-year-old committed murder. 10 years ago, it made the news when a 10-year-old committed murder. And five years ago, it made the news when an eight-year-old committed murder. You see, the increase of wickedness. I was watching 20 years ago, last time I had cable, the Family Channel. It says right there in the lower right circle, ABC Family Channel. There's two teenagers making out on the sofa. Oh, I guess because they're straight, it's family, I guess. And so do you realize that if that same program aired during the Kennedy administration, the FCC would have banged on the door of the network president at midnight and dragged him off to jail for indecency. So it went from being a jailable offense to show two teenagers making out to not only acceptable, beyond acceptable, family entertainment. You see, promoting sexual proscumity among people who are underage, right? Which is going to lead to teen pregnancy, right? And it's amazing, right? So everything, the, the standard of what sin is keeps getting lower and lower and lower and lower. That's the increase of wickedness. People just can't even discern good from evil anymore. But what can you do? Make sure you you stay yourself saved. And if you can, bring one other person along with you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's about, well, that's why these conversations are so important that we're having, obviously, on, on the back end of this interview, with generating awareness for ourselves. So then we can then go and spread to someone else a bit more awareness and hopefully pass pass that message on. Uh, but yeah, what, what, what you said about, sin and, and that was 20 years ago what you saw a straight couple making out fast forward to today and is it on disney or netflix you've got these child um drag queen shows which are, have you have you heard of them well yeah i mean yeah i don't want to pick on any particular group of people uh i have fr friends of all persuasions now and always have and always will uh everybody's got to give up something it's just different for everybody right and somebody has to give up smoking or drinking or straight sex or gay sex it's all something they got to give up and so one really isn't in my opinion worse than the other everybody's got something to give up but the cost is actually the same for everybody which is to give up everything jesus said you unless you give up everything you cannot be my disciple. For some people like me, it was, you know, sleeping around outside of marriage, multiple girlfriends. I had to stop doing that. I had to break up with someone I was engaged to because she wasn't a Christian. Because the Bible says, don't be yoked with an unbeliever. I had to flush my drugs down the toilet. My favorites. That was my cost. Okay. For someone else, it's different. I never understood people who smoke. But I guess they got to give that up, right? That's different for them. Some people... Don't sleep around, but drink to, you know, they had to give that up. So it's different, but it's the same. It's always whatever you're holding on to. There's always something separating you from living a righteous life. 
And if you don't give that up, whatever that is in your case, and go under the water when you're baptized without giving that up, according to the Bible, you're not saved. You went swimming, right? You have to repent and then be baptized, not baptized and then repent. There's a point at which you cross over. There's a point at which your heart stops beating and you die. And there's a point at which a person has been engaged for three years, the day of the wedding, an hour before, they're still not married. There's a point at which they cross over when they say, I do. And there's a point at which a person gets saved. We're to be obedient. The Bible says for those who believe and are baptized are saved. Well, why baptism? Jesus says to do it. He says, go into all nations, baptizing them, right? You could argue, well, why not walk around your house seven times? Why not stand on your head? Those are good points. Why not do it? Because Jesus said to do it. My opinion uh, is that because being born again, right? The whole point is there's the old Bart and then there's the new Bart. I got an email from someone a few months ago that I hadn't seen in over 30 years. This person was at the time 10 to 20 years older than me, and they knew me in my Playboy days. They said, oh, Bart, you're kind of famous now. I just want to check and see how you're doing. And uh, I wrote back just very mildly sharing my faith, something like, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Now I'm focused on making sure I'm right with God and staying right with God. They wrote back, you're not Bart, go to hell. First, I was surprised that the 70-year-old woman was so venomous when she believes she's some new age peace and love person. That's kind of weird. So her new age peace and love ain't working out for her too well, is it? And then secondly, you're not Bart. And I thought about that. That's wonderful. She's right. I'm not the Bart that she knew. I was born again. So here's the thing. You can go three months without food, three days without water. How long can you go without air? You see, you can't breathe underwater. You're dead for a couple of seconds, you see. That's why I believe God said go underwater. And in Second Peter, it says that the flood of Noah is symbolic for baptism, which now saves you. There is that point where you go from being single to being married, from being alive to being dead, and from being lost to being saved. And that's when you repent of all your sin and then get baptized with a pledge to not go back to the world ever again. At that point, you're saved. If you keep sinning intentionally, the Bible warns us we won't be saved. We can lose our salvation, right? Baptism isn't a trick that you do and you can go back to the world. No, that's the point where you get saved and then multiple times, it says in Revelation, unless you repent, I'm going to take your light away from you. Jesus says, unless you hold to the end, you will not be saved. So we got to do both. Get stayed safe, stay saved. And I was thinking the other day about love your neighbor, right? Jesus says all the commandments are summed up in the two. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor, right? Because the first Four commandments are about loving God and the rest are about loving your neighbor. That's what do not kill and do not commit adultery is. That's about loving your neighbor. Well, what's the greatest thing that we have if if we're Christians? Well, it's, it's our salvation. So being loving 
loving your neighbors, sharing what you have, sharing your turkey dinner, sharing whatever. Well, then we need to be sharing our eternal salvation, right? If we love our neighbor. So really, we're commanded, Jesus's last words, to go and make disciples. So we have to convert somebody first. Then he says to baptize them. And then he says to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, which is to go and make disciples. So everyone who's saved is commanded to now go out and save other people. It's not the preacher's job. It's your job, right? And so someone who's not sharing their faith may not be saved because Jesus says you don't take a light, which in Revelation symbolizes your salvation, and put a bowl on top of it. And if you do, the light goes out, doesn't it? So unless we're sharing our faith, we're being selfish, and the selfish cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, right? That's the whole root of sin, is selfishness, right? And so I, if you don't know what to do, just invite somebody to church and let them pass them off to the preacher. They know what to do or learn how to study the Bible with somebody. And that's it. The, you know, the door is closing. I think we're in the last days. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. Secular observers are pointing this out. So if secular observers are, are suggesting this and this and this is going to happen next, and the Bible says the very same things are going to happen next in the last days, that's double the proof that it's true. One of my videos on my podcast, which you can click on at sabrell.com, I did a recording. You know, the next domino to fall, I believe, is going to be economic collapse. The very next day, the banks start collapsing. And it's like, says so in the book of Revelation, a loaf of bread is going to sell for a hundred bucks or were tr translated to that effect. So they already have shortages of things. And I think that's only going to get worse. And I think it's intentional. They had a hundred food processing plants burned down in six months in America. Not a single one reported on the evening news because the evening news is CIA and this is CIA is burning down the plants and they're not going to bring attention to their own crimes, are they? right? So I think they're trying to channel the food supply. They're trying to get it under control so that it's easier to control so that you have to go to them and submit to get your food. Submit. And that's why you've got Bill Gates buying up all the farmland on top of... That has something to do with it, definitely, and so does introducing GMOs into the food supply, right? And uh, you know, all, all, all the rich people can eat all organic all day long. For, for all we know, there's one little secret piece of food, one, one of the, you know, a thousand pieces of food you could eat that, that all you have to do is not eat that. Maybe it's corn. As long as you don't eat corn, you won't fall prey to the illness like everybody else will. And there's corn and probably 95% of the things in the store, corn starch, corn oil, or canola oil. You see, there's corn in almost everything. Read the ingredients. 95% of, of things in the store have corn in them. Even a tiny little bit. That's all it takes, right? How much radiation poisoning does it take to kill you if you swallow it? Not very much at all. So for all we know, if we just avoid corn or avoid canola or something, we don't know what the formula is. But they, they'll, they'll have their way. They may live to even be 105, but they're still going to die. and They're still going to have to face God. And they won't do well if they don't repent. They will have gained the world and forfeited their soul. 
So all we have to do is stay faithful a little bit longer. And to me, the moon landing fraud is the proof of the utter fallenness of mankind. It's mankind's greatest accomplishment. Let us build a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Genesis 6, about the Tower of Babel, which was never finished. Then the Titanic, the largest machine ever built by humans, the ship that God himself could not sink. That wasn't finished either, just like the Tower of Babel. And then Nixon saying the greatest event since creation about putting a man on the moon when he knew they weren't there. You see, this is spiritual symbolism, the faking of the moon landing. And it just shows the complete fallen state of mankind in the corrupt degree of the governments of the world. Lying about something to such a degree when they didn't even have to. And because they've gotten away with it time and time again, got away with JFK, got away with Gulf of Tonkin, got away with moon landing fraud, got away with 9-11, got away with the little thing for the last three years. You see, it's just emboldening them and giving them greater power. I don't think they can be stopped. I think technically, I suppose they could be stopped. Revelation says the plagues that come are to motivate people to repent. And then it goes on to say, but they did repent. And while technically the people could take back power away from the corrupt leaders, I don't think it's going to happen. They're spending, you know, what is it? Something like two and a half work weeks a month, a hundred hours a month watching television. And that doesn't include facebook or youtube right go to any restaurant i challenge you walk through the restaurant and look around at the tables and 95 percent of the time you'll see four people at a table and four people with their faces and their phones not talking to the people across the table from them talking to people who aren't even there that this is insanity it's not it's not it's not interesting it's not sad it's we're being conditioned to be mentally ill. They did a study of praying mantises for many years. They would take a, a lab room. They set up 30 10-gallon aquariums and put praying mantises in there. And they would eat each other. They're like, oh, they're cannibals. Okay. It was taught in textbooks for 50 years. Praying mantises are cannibals, right? Then, five years ago, a scientist has a new idea. Hey, why don't I study them? in the wild instead of a laboratory <laughs> what, a, what a thought they they don't kill each other this is a highly intelligent insect i've had one as a pet a couple of times it is docile it bonds with you okay it, the thing is highly intelligent and it was put in a confined space which made it go crazy and so here we are, we're supposed to be talking to the person across the table from us at a restaurant, but we're like this instead. Instead of reality, I have artificial reality and my brain is going crazy, you see? And this is not the way we're intended. Praying mantises are not meant to live in a 10 gallon aquarium and the human mind is not meant to live 80% of their waking hours in artificial reality, which is what they're doing. 80% of their time. That's dangerous. It needs to be stopped. I highly encourage people to go back to a flip phone. 
that that would be that would be one big step. Steve uh, Jobs knew this. He didn't give his products to his kids. You know what I mean? It's like the guy the guy who owns the Marriott Hotel. He's a Mormon, right? The Mormons don't drink alcohol. They know better, and yet they don't have a problem selling it in their businesses. I guess that he claims to believe in the Bible. Jesus said, I think it's Luke 17, uh, things that cause people to sin are bound to come into the world, but woe to the man through whom they come. You know, in a Marriott hotel, they won't sell chewing gum. You know why they won't sell chewing gum? Because it gets stuck in the carpets and ruins their carpets. But they will sell alcohol to ruin the human mind and to cause more adultery and immorality. They will sell that, you see? They don't do it themselves. Steve Jobs knew not to do it himself, give his own kids these mind-warping products. But he sold them, you see. And there's there's proper ways of using computers, and there's proper ways of using cars, and there's proper ways of using guns and knives, right? But But they're not being used that way most of the time. People are in a restaurant, 95% of them sitting across from people. You'll see a table of four, a table of six, a table of two, a table I saw of a couple. So in love, they're physically on the same side of the table, still both of them with their faces in their phones on their date, you see? <laughs> and we wonder why people think the moon landings are real. You know, <laughs> I, I bet, uh, uh, what is it, uh, a professor at a major university, one of the oldest universities in the country. And he teaches aerophysics. And um, uh, I asked him, you know, what about the moonlight? He said, oh, they're real. That's the greatest accomplishment of science. You know, then I showed him shadows intersecting. I showed him fake footage. I showed him this, I showed him that. He said, there's nothing I could ever show him that would make him recant the glorious moon landings, the pinnacle of science. And I said, well, what about this? What if you turned on the television and you saw Buzz Aldrin tearfully confessing that the moon landings were filmed at Cannon Air Force Base, just like Bart says in his book at sabrell.com, I'm sorry, please forgive me. The professor said, I still think he walked on the moon anyway. You see, the Bible says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, what is pride? Pride is the unwillingness to admit that you're wrong. And humility is the willingness. Being wrong is good. Number one, you're not walking around in error. Number two, you're learning something new. It's good to be wrong. I used to think the moon missions were real. How many of you out there had pictures on their wall in a shrine for 10 years. How many of you people looked at moon landing pictures 3,650 times in a row thinking they were real first? But I had an open mind. I'm willing to be wrong. Okay? If you think Wednesday is the Sabbath, I'm like, show me. You know? <laughs> I'm not I'm not much stuck on Saturday or Sunday. and like, show me. You know? And so it's like this flatter thing. Everyone, you know, like, you know, it's like, okay, maybe the earth is flat. I don't know. And it's like, send me your best videos. I don't think it proves it at all. Mm. I, you know, yeah, that's the thing you need proof I, I think, to believe something you need to, to prove. Yeah. It. 
So, but, but you have to be teachable. Like you said, we're on a journey. Yeah. Uh, ask my wife if I'm on a journey to be a good husband or not. <laughs> She'll <laughs> confirm it. <laughs> you know, to be a good Christian, to be a good person, to be good in traffic, to, to slow down even more and to let more people in next time. You see, I could improve. There's everything we can improve upon, but we can't do it if we're living in an augmented reality. When God gave us this reality, he gave a praying mantis the forest and without it, they go crazy and they start eating each other. Isn't that what really yelling at each other in traffic is and yelling at your spouses and mad at this and mad at that? That's really eating one another coming from a mind that is living in uh, artificial reality when it should be living in the real reality. Get rid of your smartphones, right? Don't just ramble through the TV channels. Don't disconnect cable. You gotta watch a movie, make a point of it, make a special occasion, right? Use a computer for work, use a computer for research, use a computer to do a podcast. And then after that, I mean, why are you out and about at your restaurant or the park or wherever and with your face in your phone? Be at the park, be at the restaurant, be with your people, right? <laughs> You'll improve your health dramatically. And maybe if people start doing that again, they'll stop eating each other. Mm. That's the other side of it as well, right? Um, you get a lot of people who, what do you call them, keyboard warriors, where they'll be negative and they'll yell at you through comments on a YouTube video or on your Twitter. But if you were to see that same person in real life, in reality, they would be a completely different person than who they are behind behind the screen. Well, I, I don't allow comments when I had a YouTube channel. It's like giving somebody the bullets to shoot you with. I mean, <laughs> Time Magazine doesn't let me write articles about why I think the moon landings are fake. They only write articles about why they're real. It's their publication. I think I, I think it's a bad idea. It's a waste of time. You know, uh, take take eternal salvation out of the equation for a second. What's the most valuable thing that we have? Is it our computer? Is it our spouse? Is it our money? It's our time. Do you realize you could make a billion dollars, lose a billion dollars, and make a billion dollars again? You can always make more money. You can never make more time. This is the key of the Luciferian people. Why they have us in faces and screens all the time. They're taking our time. They're taking our chances of entering eternal life and having a happy, healthy life here on earth away from us. Second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour. Statistically, people spend 100 hours a month, two and a half work weeks watching television, right? How is there time to change the world or make the world a better place or to hang out with your spouse or kids when you're spending so much time arguing with people in chat rooms is a waste of time. You're, you're throwing your diamonds down the garbage when you do that. I advise people to stop doing that. Let other people do that or, or encourage them not to. Responding to comments, mean comments, whatever. It's not, I, you don't under, I did one interview one time, I forgot, coast to coast. And in 24 hours, I got 2,000 emails in 24 hours. And I eventually, over six months, responded to all of them that weren't death threats or had a curse word in it, right? And there's a red flag when you can tell that a person is not open, like that college professor. 
you, Neil Armstrong confessing that they were fake. He said he still think he walked on the moon anyway. The guy had to be 10 years old at the oldest, watched it on TV, you know, in his liver, his butt on the, on the sofa as a kid. And yet he thinks he knows better <laughs> than the man who was there. I mean, come on, it boggles the mind. And so we, we have these people that aren't open-minded at all. And you can tell. And I, I've experimented. I saw the flag, you know, the red flag. This person's not teachable. Well, let me just give them the benefit of the doubt. I've done that a hundred times in a row and a hundred times I was proven wrong. I mean, or, or right, or however you want to look at it. I gave, I gave red flag people the benefit of the doubt a hundred times in a row and a hundred times I was right. They were not teachable. They just bite back. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Don't argue with me. We have a life to live, right? And it's not arguing with people will never meet some entity that could be one of the 12 personas of some CIA agent, you know, I mean, who knows, right? We just don't know what, what's going on. And I think they have a alternative media pretty well controlled back to that question. I mean, if, if the little illness that was circling around for three years was real, then they wouldn't have to use a, 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 a tool to tell you whether you're sick or not, that the inventor of which said is wrong 95% of the time, right? They wouldn't have they wouldn't have to fake the number of illnesses or infections if it were real, right? They wouldn't have to call a motorcycle decapitation an illness if it were real. So what happened was people don't realize this in the alternative media. 75% of Americans know that Oswald did not kill Kennedy. 75%, no, no, Oswald didn't kill Kennedy. 50%, that's huge, know that planes did not bring down 9-11. And 25%, huge number, believe the most crazy thing of all, which is that the moon landings were staged, which they were. So we have 25% of the alternative of the people in America are alternative media, at least. And they're four times more vocal. So they have to have two lies. They have to have a lie for the people who believe whatever's on the evening news, which is it's very serious disease, and it came from an animal. Then for the critical thinking alternative media, we have to have a lie for them. Okay, it's a very serious disease, but it came from a facility, right? Notice I'm not using certain words. Have you picked up on that? So so you, you, you see, they don't care why you believe the moon landings are real, only that you do. A lot of intellectuals know that the pictures are fake. They're saying, yeah, these are TV studio. You can't sunlight them do this. But they really, they still went to the moon and they're communing with aliens on the other side. You see, NASA doesn't care why you think they can go to the moon, only that you do. If it takes aliens to believe it or, you, you know, the regular story. Either way, if it takes, you know, it comes from an animal to believe that it's that it's a serious illness or that it is that it escaped from a facility, as long as you believe that it's real. Both are lies. I don't understand why the alternative media keeps repeating the Chinese balloon story exactly the same way the evening news says. I mean, come on, you're being used, you're being played. The whole UFO thing is because people are being told to leak information. We have Robert Emenager, one of the 15 people at Cannon Air Force Base when they filmed the fake moon landing. 
spent his whole life saying the moon landings are real, spent his whole life saying aliens are real. He says, I've seen them. I've seen footage of aliens, but I lost it. You know, I can't show it to you. Come on. So they, they've got the alternative media covered. They can mislead us pretty easily. We have buttons to be pushed too. Okay, so they're different buttons, but they're still buttons, right? And they still get the expected psychological reaction out of people. And this is what my podcast is about and why it's called Bart Sabrell's Box Escape. We, we've got to not be tricked. We've got to realize they've got one lie for the public and now one lie for the alternative media. You know, a lot of these alternative media are still pro-war. You know, they're, they're like, oh, you know, the, the Pentagon issued a report that says, you know, we're about to be outnumbered in missiles by the Soviet Union or by China. And it gets this reaction out of people. We need to build more missiles. It's like, well, that's what they wanted you to say. And you're in the alternative media. I mean, don't you realize that? I don't understand that. Anyway, we could go on forever. We're already double. <laughs> oh, it's been amazing today. Thank you very much. It's been really good. Cheers, Bart. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, we'll sign off now. Yeah, because obviously we've done. Yeah, and if you could just link uh, Sabrell, S-I-B-R-E-L.com uh, in the description. And that way, if people want to see the films about the moon landing fraud, they can do that for free or get my book that I read on audio or Kindle or print. And they can hear all the backstory about the deathbed confession of an eyewitness who was there when they filmed the faking of the moon landing. That's sabrell.com. I'll, um, I'll list everything that you've talked about throughout the episode in the description below. So there'll be multiple links with tags on there so people know exactly where to go to. But yeah. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you very much, Bart. Likewise, Thanks, Bart. take care. Thanks a lot. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye.